0: Hey everyone, this is the Mr. Mike Agostino, and the views expressed on this show are mine and mine alone. I do not have any affiliation with Sport Lisboa Benfica, I do not represent Sport Lisboa Benfica, I do not represent any Casas do Benfica, any supporters group, any other type of organization officially um, established within Sport Lisboa Benfica. These views are completely mine. They are 100% unsanctioned and 100% independent. Enjoy the show. nation welcome to episode 16 of Mr Benfica I am your host the Mr Mike Agustinio welcome back for another week another podcast and here we are my friends here we are the end of the season the final match day now just tomorrow we're recording right now it is friday may the 17th of 2019 tomorrow Saturday, May the 18th is decision day in the Portuguese Liga Noj. Benfica versus Santa Clara and um, also going on at the same time and perhaps um, of interest is spo- is excuse me, Futebol Clube do Porto versus Sporting Clube Portugal. Our two major rivals are facing off tomorrow. We already know what's going to happen. Sporting's going to lie dead. Kaiser has already said he's resting guys for the cup final. Porto's going to win. It all comes down to us. Okay, it all comes down to us. Ninety minutes for an entire season. Tomorrow, Estádio de Luz. I'm so happy that a number of my friends are there. Um, what following on the social media, you know, I see people starting to check in in Lisbon, taking pictures. Um, you know, stadium tours, hitting the restaurants, the the, the nightclubs, the uh the sites, the Mar- I've seen pictures of the Marquez. I've seen it all and I couldn't be any happier for all the people that are that have made their way there for this match. It's gonna be a once in a lifetime opportunity for so many tomorrow. And um I just hope that we see this out. See Bayfica get the victory tomorrow. Goal number one hundred. I'd like to see a goal from Sefetovic as well. To see him win this golden boot, and because I don't believe, unless it's via another penalty kick, that Bruno Fernandes is gonna have anything inspired tomorrow. They're playing Porto. You know how I feel about the way those two teams, you know, those lovebirds, as I've called them, the Dragarts, they're gonna work together. That whole stadium's gonna, you know, sing, Caenos Salta Lampion, blah, blah, blah. Let them hate, alright. Their hate only makes us stronger. Vosso ódio nos dai força. Okay? Vosso ódio nos dai força. Um, this is it. Okay, here we are. It's round 34. Um, also, tomorrow, before the match, before Benfica Santa Clara, very important, I've I've said this, um, been talking about this for over a month now, Benfica versus Valadares de Gaia, women's football, de Portugal, the Portuguese Cup final at the Jamor. Benfica have sold all or Benfica have sold out all sixteen thousand tickets of their allotment for this final. Okay, there should be a huge crowd there for Benfica. I know it's only two and a half hours before, or it only gives you. Yeah, it's two and a half hours before kickoff, I believe, of the men's game. Um, one game is at 3, the other game is at 6.30. Three and a half hours, okay? Um, which doesn't give much time to get from one stadium to the other. But, you know, I talked about last week, all those fans that are shut out of tickets for this Santa Clara game have in my opinion, a responsibility to be at the Jamor for the women's game. Okay, I want to see this play out. I want to see Benfica beat Valadares Gaia. I want to see them lift the first trophy for women's football in the history of Sport Lisboa Benfica to bring it back to the the Museu Cosme Damiel, our team museum at the Stadio Luge. And then I want to see the men win, obviously. I want to see them score goals. I want this to be a stress-free win. Okay, I'm done with... with would stress this season, let's go out there for 90 minutes, let's be better than Santa Clara, let's put him away, score plenty of goals, and let's start celebrating, and then I want to see both teams on buses, in the in the Marques Pobal Square, after the match with the tens or hundreds of thousands of people that descend on that square, you see a sea of red, and I think it's going to be something that, you know, will be unmatched, our rivals have never done that, Okay? They have never taken both the men's and the women's team to you know into the streets to celebrate um just another notch on our on our uh you know medal board if you will um absolutely huge weekend okay absolutely huge weekend can't wait for this to start all week. I've been waiting for this um already you know by Monday morning, my thoughts were you know the Portuguese expression nuuka Chega sábado you know. Saturday's never gonna get here if it's felt like and here we are, it's Friday. We're almost there. The work week's about to end, about to clock out, get out of that and get into championship mode. This is it. Guys, girls, this team was 7 points back 5 months ago. Who thought we would be sitting here on the final the night the final night before the end of the season? Talking about Benfica going into the going on to the pitch tomorrow with a two point lead over our rivals over Porto. All we need is a point, but we're not going in to think about getting a point. We're going for the win. I don't doubt it for a second. All right, big win last week, huge win. Uh some say controversial. I've watched this over. It's. I think it's getting overblown. To be quite honest with you, okay. I've heard. Re- Ridiculous things said, alright. Uh, I've even heard. Our rivals claim that Hugo Miguel is a Benficista. So you know what I did when I heard that? I went back to my, I think it was episode 7. When we lost the Sporting. In the Tasa de Portugal. Okay, I went back, I listened to that show. Hugo Miguel ain't no Benficista. Hugo Miguel sent... Rafa off for clapping his hands. Okay? Now, is Rafa's sarcastic applause worse than what Fabio Contrano did last weekend in that stadium? Of course not. How did Fabio Contrano stay on the field? Fabio
1: Contrano,
0: and I'm probably going to have to talk about him again later, but let me just say what a disgraceful, disgraceful professional he is. Benfica gave that guy everything he has today. If not for Benfica converting him to a left back, he never, ever would have gone anywhere but where he is now at Riuav. Okay, Benfica converted him from a mediocre left-sided forward, a bad, you know, a poor winger, into a world-class at the time left back. Landed him a huge contract at Real Madrid got him to a world cup with Portugal or two world cups I believe but he was started um he started for Portugal at World Cup 2010 because of the season he had at Benfica when he was converted to a left back Portugal needed a left back he became a world class left back yeah so it didn't work out so well for for Mr. Fabio did it Marcelo came into the team at Real Madrid displaced him he thought he'd come back to Benfica and just, we'd well, you, guess what? We already had two left backs at the time. We had Grimaldo and we had Eliseu. Guess what, Fabio? There was no room for you. So what do you do? You get you get mad. You go to our rivals and that's fine. You go to Sporting. I understand you're a professional. It was the year of a European championship. You wanted to to work your way on back onto the national team for the European Championship. Guess what? You watched Portugal win the cup from your television set, just like I did, Fabio. You weren't there either. And you never... You, you're you still bitter about that. And you hold it against Benfica. You hold it against Mayfica fans, because we don't like you, because you said things that... You shouldn't have said, okay? Yeah, I understand, professionally speaking, when a player has to take, he had to play. Sporting needed him. His old coach was there. That's totally understandable. But to go over there and to behave the way he did and to treat this club the way he did and the way he continues to treat these fans in this club, yeah, we're going to whistle you. You've shown nothing but a lack of respect for the hand that fed you. Fabio Coentrão went from swearing he wouldn't in Portugal he'd only play for Benfica to saying he was a lifelong, lifelong Sportingista. Well, we see right through that. And um in your home stadium, Fabio, in your home stadium, in your home team where you are from in Vila do Conde, you're getting whistled and booed by by your own people who are Benfica so what do you do? You pants the other team's, you know, a player on the other team. Anyone see the uh, <laughs> the picture I tweeted out this week? Um, I forget who posted it originally. I retweeted a picture uh, of Fabio holding up holding up Samadi's shorts, and in the background, all you see is, is pictures of Samadi's. Pretty funny. Um, yeah, Fabio Contrô absolutely a disgrace, and. Have to say I <laughs> I got fired up when I saw Samadij pull his hand away and point to the eagle on his shirt saying you're not gonna disrespect this. Guess what Fabio? Nobody has to help you up. Yeah, I'm all for fair play and for sportsmanship, but the way you conduct yourself you can you can help yourself up. Okay? You can help yourself up. We'll talk about Samadis also in this show. Big news about him. Uh resigned. That's right. Samadish has put pen to paper on a new deal that will keep him at the Stadio de Luge until 2023. That is huge news for the club. Now I say put the captain's armband on him. I know Andre Almeida is the vice captain right now. I know that uh, Jardel is technically the captain, but for next season, if I'm Bruno Laj, I'm putting these guys in a room. Um, And I'm I'm saying, listen, you guys are both uh, the two captains, alright? Um, Samadish leads whether or not he's wearing the armband, but I think it's time to put that armband on him on him, okay? Uh he's experienced enough, he's he speaks well, he he is encouraging, he defends his teammates, he defends the badge. I think uh it he's the guy and I think André Almeida is a classy enough professional to understand as well. The, those two guys are great leaders. I think Jardel, We may not be seeing him next season. To be quite honest with you, unless it's in a role as a substitute and in the Zone role of last season. You know, not really uh, playing. Just kind of, just kind of uh, being a locker room presence. Is it possible that that's what we'll see? Also, questions I got are for Fasia. What does this resigning mean for Fasia? Are his days at Benfica numbered he's not in the squad for tomorrow. Um, the squad came out today. The squad list Fasia left off so um, I'm not sure if he's dealing with an injury, but uh I think back to two weeks ago when when Brunaj subbed him on and he spurred the fans to applaud him, perhaps Brunne knew this was the last time he was putting Fasia on the pitch in a Bayfica uniform or at least for this season um have to wait and see. Maybe maybe Fajia also maybe he's he's good staying as a substitute as well. I mean he's very injury prone so you can't rely on him for a full season. Maybe he's maybe he's personally okay with, with with the role he's got right now and if so, that's another great leader in the locker room for next season. But uh we'll get to next season, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Right now, it's 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 time to to go out tomorrow and win that league championship. Um, according to the Fubo app, like I said, the women's game says it says that it will be on BTV tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern time, 7 a.m. Pacific time. That's 1 p.m. sorry 3 p.m. in uh, Portugal. It says that they will simulcast it. I saw on Ebola that Abala TV has exclusive. Uh, rights to the broadcast, so it'll be interesting to see at 10 o'clock, I'll check it out, and like I said if that game is on, if I can get a full match video, if I can watch the full match, you betcha there will be a podcast next week solely for the girls, okay it will be another um, podcast where I break down this final de tasa completely I it'll be 100% for the girls alright, I'll do a separate podcast for each game, if I can watch both games tomorrow, okay um also there's there's basketball this weekend there's futsal uh a lot going on at Pefica this weekend um junior's big win at Porto I'll talk about that in the news and also don't forget ne- uh next week we will obviously be reviewing the Santa Clara game like I said, and going forward, there will be more episodes even after the games stop. Don't worry, I will make the weeks fly by between now and the International Champions Cup. Okay, I got plenty of stuff planned. We're going to talk about different stuff every week. And uh, we got classic games to watch. Just tonight, I, I uh, in the WhatsApp uh, group that I belong to with a lot of pieces, I I posted a link to the video of the game that I say started this whole run. It was round 30 of the Portuguese League. 2009, 2010, back at the beginning of this decade, Befica beating up 2-1 to to win the championship for the first time since 2005. I believe that was the number 33. Okay, we wouldn't win another championship for three more years, but that was the first one. Then Georges Jesus picked up two more before, you know, the betrayal. But uh, that was the beginning of the run, and now tomorrow I'm, I'm confident we're going to close out the decade the way we started it with a title that will be six titles. Six titles in ten seasons. One of the best um, decades Benfica's had in a long time. All right, so sit right there, guys and girls. We will be right back. We're going to pay a couple bills here. We got Reconquista coming up, and then we got the news. Stay right where you are. This is Mr. Benfica. Follow us, follow the show on Twitter at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica on Facebook. It is just searching for Mr. Benfica. Stay right there. We will be right back. Yep.
2: Passo passo, duro. Temos muita história, mas ainda mais futuro. vermelho, pinta a tuga e é isso o teu colinho, na reconquista do que é nosso, por direito que eu não fico, por fazer o que podia ter sido feito, se queres a nossa força, sabes que estamos contigo, em casa ou fora, nós somos o eterno abrigo, sabes que estamos contigo, nós somos um eterno abrigo,
0: All right, so in the news this week, right off the top, we've got um, huge news as far as player signings go or, you know, player contract status. Greek international midfielder Andreas Samarish of Benfica has re-signed a new contract. Okay, so he has extended to 2023 meaning that the hashtag um, the hashtag Samaris has been successful it's now hashtag mission accomplished. Um, Benfica have re-signed Samadish. Uh the details to my knowledge were not disclosed as of yet um, but I'm sure he's going to make a very nice wage for the next four years. And he's really some, somebody we needed. I've said week after week how important this guy is to this team. And last week's game at Riuav showed that. And uh, look no further than his altercation with, with Fabio Cointreau. And uh, I'll get into that guy and into that altercation when I talk about the match, but he, he basically stood over him and told him he is not going to disrespect Benfica. Andreas Samadis is a Benficista through and through. It is in his blood now. Um, really, really amazing to see, to see just how much he has become one of us. Uh, I tweeted that out this week. That he was one of us. Um, I, I used the Google translator to uh write it in Greek because it's true. Andrej Samarij is one of us. He is he is a Beifikista. he wanted his priority was to stay in Portugal. Um and Befica got it done. Credit to the club for getting this deal done. Um, and I think this guy, this guy is gonna take over the Luisão role going forward. Um, he's gonna be that locker room presence, yes. Uh He, Andre Almeida was also re-signed this week to a new contract. So Andre Almeida will probably be the captain on paper going forward and wear the armband. But certainly uh, Samadish is the leader on the field and in the locker room. There's no question. You can just see the way he carries himself. And just how professional he's been through this whole process of... Of working and negotiating towards a new contract, he never let him affect. He never let it affect his performance on the field, and he has really deserved this contract. I know some people are worried about the length. Uh, he's only 29 years old. Holding midfielders can play into their mid-thirties. Uh, this is. I'm not worried at at all about it. Um, I think that he. I would like to see him play out this contract and then and then transition. Into a uh, a new role in the club, whether it be as an ambassador, as a staff member, I think he would make a phenomenal coach someday. Um, he could really, I can see him in that Pietra role. Pietra, the current assistant coach, where he's kind of like that that consistent assistant coach that that is there with every single head coach that comes in. That that you know smartens up the head coach. Or the manager Into what it is to be at Befica This guy gets it This guy um, this guy just exudes Beficismo fluent in Portuguese That I can't say enough about that None of Porto's guys are fluent in Portuguese uh, And they've been there longer than he Some of them have been in Portugal longer than him Herrera uh, Oliver Marega These guys don't speak a word of Portuguese Okay Um not Samadish. Samadish, you know, said after his first season that he, he thought the language was a barrier that was holding his game back. He set himself out to learn the language. And he really, he, he knows it at a university level now if you hear him speak. So, if you haven't yet, check out his interview on YouTube. Okay, go to YouTube. Put in Samadish Entrevista. Alright. Um, you will see his interview from BTV uh earlier this week, where he talks about what it meant to renew, and especially if you understand Portuguese, um, if you don't, obviously, well, you you can still watch it, by all means, but you won't. You won't understand what he's saying, but if you do, you know, just, you can hear the Befequizmo in his voice, and just how happy he is to... Be staying with Benfica. Um, also, as I just said, Andre Almeida, the, the vice captain slash you know match captain now now that Jardel has been reduced to a substitutes role, um, has also signed on. He's going to stay longer at the club. And what's great about Andre Almeida is he's one of the few guys. He's he's been a part of. He was a part of all four tetra uh, titles. So close this thing out tomorrow. And and. Uh, André Almeida will be a five-time Portuguese champion. Uh, very, very good accomplishment for him. And um, he, he's another big And This guy takes, sometimes he takes a lot of ridicule and a lot of abuse from fans and pundits alike. But again, he just keeps showing up to work, keeps adapting his game, um, keeps doing what the club needs of him. Yeah, very, very well-deserved contract. extension. And speaking of tomorrow, so as it is Friday, uh, May the seventeenth, right now I believe it is. Yeah, today is Friday, May the seventeenth. As you're riding shotgun with me on my way to work this morning, um, tomorrow, Saturday, the eighteenth, two finals. Okay, I've talked about this in the past week. How I just would not have been surprised if they did this, and of course the league and the federation didn't 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 disappoint. As could be expected, they really fumbled it again. They really dropped the ball once again. Scheduling the women's Portuguese Cup final tomorrow, Saturday, 3 p.m. local time in Lisbon. 10 a.m. here in the United States on the East Coast and 7 a.m. Pacific. Okay, um, That will be the kickoff for the women's final. Benfica versus Valadares Gaia. Um, The women looking to bring home the first piece of hardware in the history of women's football at Benfica. Um, And then that game will end around 5.30 if there's no extra time. Or it will end around 5 if there's no extra time after the trophy presentation. Fans will have about 20 minutes to get to Stadio de Luge. So, of course, the federation in the league... Are splitting our fan base in half, making fans choose between the two games. I think this is ridiculous. There should have been enough time for fans to go to both matches. This is a real shame that this league and this federation just can't get it together. They, um, like I said, they're they're living in the 1970s still. It's it's really it's pathetic. And um, anyhow, you know, for, for those fans shut out of tickets. To the the match with Santa Clara, um, I know that tickets have gone back on sale on the secondary market recently. Um, but those of you that were shut out of tickets, here's a great opportunity to still, you know, celebrate. Go to the women's match at the Jamur. okay. Le- when you leave there, find your way to the Marquej. Find a café to watch the game in. Watch the the men's game, okay. And then you're already you're already close to the Marquej. For the celebration you know it's hoping that we win and like i said i want to see if should both teams win tomorrow i want to see both teams honored at the Marquej, both teams bringing their trophies to Marquej pombal um benfica do this right show everybody that you are serious about this women's football project okay um and I'm ho- I know that the club is irritated with the decision, both the league and the federation, but um, it can still work in our favor. If both teams win, it can be a massive, massive celebration tomorrow night in Lisbon. Um, also, in this week's news, another big item in the news is Benfica's U19s, the juniors, yesterday, or perhaps Wednesday, it was on Wednesday, excuse me, went to the Olival in Porto and beat the European Champion Football Club de Porto two to one to take first place in the national championship of the, the national junior championship with three matches to play. Befica now hold a one-point lead over Porto. Alright, three matches to play. Goals were scored by Rodrigo Conceição and Thiago Dantes. That's right. Rodrigo Conceição, the son of Football Club do Port's manager, Sergio Conceição, he plays for Benfica, he scored against Porto, okay, he celebrated his goal against Porto, he celebrated Dante's goal as well, and the, I thought that was a great uh, piece of video when Dante scored to put Benfica back ahead 2-1 to one from the penalty spot, Rodrigo was running side by side with them, and they went and celebrated with the small contingent of Benfica fans that were there at the Olival, up in in Porto. Um, of course, the game, the story of this game that is not Benfica's result in their fantastic play. Unfortunately, it was it was the polemica, the controversy that stemmed after the match. And I would be remiss if I didn't hit on this, so I will do that now. Um, for those of you that don't know, Rodrigo Conceição was sent off. Okay, he received two yellows. Not so much that he was sent off. Um, you know, in a typical se- fashion, receiving a, a professional foul, yellow card, and then another. And uh, the player was distraught. Um, this this kid was distraught. You could see him fighting back tears as he was walking off the field. Uh, some of the Porto fans thought he was wasting time. And began to berate the the son of their manager, essentially. The son of their first team manager. Um, with insults and ru- it's been reported. It has not been confirmed, so I'm not going to state it as fact. But it's been reported he was even spit at by a fan. Um, the insults and the treatment of the player led to to his father Sergio taking exception with some Porto fans, okay? And there are images. If you go to a you can still see it there. Um, there's a great shot. A photographer caught it of Sergio Conceição in the, co- in the fan's face, all right? Not headbutting him, but pressing his forehead against the fan's forehead. You can see Sergio's oldest son, said, who's also named Sergio, his 22-year-old son, along with his younger son, Francisco, in the photo, uh, holding holding dad back. Um, and what's what's ironic about this, but I think it's a correct way to look at it. It's 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 quite amazing how Sergio Conceição, the the manager. A Football Club do Porto has become a sympathetic figure with Benfica fans Because he's ultimately defending his son Okay, you can say what you want about the guy Okay, you can say what you want about his antics About his behavior There's definitely enough to criticize there And um, I've stated before that I actually like his coaching I like the way he puts his teams playing most of the time Okay, I like his ability to coach teams, and and I like a lot of what he does, I don't like everything but I like a lot of what he does, and if he was not coaching football Clube de Porto I would be probably very supportive of his, whatever team he was coaching, provided it's not you know, one of our our two main rivals but um, one thing that I admire about Sergio Conceição is that he does not take things lying down, okay and he, whether he's the coach of Porto or not and in front of Pitu da Costa, does not matter to this man. He defended his son regardless. He got in this. He advised this fan. He's not going to disrespect his son. Okay, he's been nothing but supportive of his son's uh, career at Benfica. Okay, I think Sergio has done a good job of separating the two, separating his family life from his his professional life. Porto fans. Are not so <laughs> do not see him as a sympathetic figure anymore. I think it, it's it's mind blowing how quickly things change. Um, however, many weeks ago when Befica played at the Dragão, you saw the tifo behind the goal, the super dragões unveiled. You know, an uh, an icon of Sergio Conceição pointing to the Porto emblem on his on his jacket. Okay. And now, and I think a lot of this had to do with 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 what's been happening at Rio Ave and some of his comments. Because again, he is not someone who takes things lying down. He said he would stay if Porto committed to giving him a competitive team. I think those in that club do not uh, like do not like the words that he uses. Okay, they don't like to be criticized by the manager, and I think you know. You got Makaku, you know, holding fists towards him. Even if they weren't directed necessarily right at the coach, but at his players. When you're a manager, when you're a coach, and someone looks at your players that way, these guys that you're in the battle with day after day, you're in that team room together, you're on the training pitch together, those players become your family. So fans, you know... Fans verbally abusing your players affect you as a coach, even if you're a club legend like Sergio Conceição is at Porto, Okay, um, and I think this is just the straw that broke the camel's back. Insulting his son. Um, yes, he has. He's the father of five five boys. Okay, his oldest son is uh, part is part of the Porto. Uh, the Porto. Masson as well he plays he has played or still plays at some level for for Porto I don't know if he's in the U23s or or where he's playing his youngest son Francisco is called Messi do Olival so and they say that he's the best concession of them all um, but I think I think that it's really uh, a fun, Not funny but a really interesting story How if you read the comments Most of the support for Sergio Is coming from Benfica fans That understand And see past the club loyalties And see that any father would do that For his son Any good father um, Portistas on the other hand Think he's putting his son above his club Which he should uh, In my opinion he should Okay Um doesn't matter, you know. I, I have a three-year-old, but if he was, if he was 19 and playing soccer, and he happened to play for a rival, even if he was playing for Football Club de Porto, which you know uh, that's as unlikely as that is. If my son was playing for them, and Befica fans were insulted, I would defend my son as well. It has nothing to do with with club loyalty. So, that was that was the story that came out of there. He ended up leaving. I mean, he. Um, there's those that say that in two weeks Sergio Conceição will no longer be manager of Porto and the only reason this is relevant to Benfica is because I think that could be a very good thing for Rodrigo Conceição who I think has the potential to really work his way into this first team he has had a great season um, despite everything, his season started with Benfica fans heckling him and and uh, you know wanting him out, wanting him benched until the end of his contract, he's He's, he's made some appearances in the B team. He's played in the U23s. He's been fantastic in the U19s. I believe that uh, Rodrigo Conceição uh, has a future at Benfica. And if Sergio Conceição is no longer at Porto, that only will benefit Rodrigo in the long run. I think Sergio sees that that too, actually. And I would even say it helps his younger son that's in Porto as well. So, if Sergio moves on and he's coaching in another league, I will be a fan of Sergio Conceisson's team. I, I don't have a problem saying that. Um, I know not all Benficistas will agree with me, but I, I'm separating the two, okay? I, I am capable of when players no longer, players or coaches no longer wear that badge, you know, giving them a, a fresh start, if you will. And, and if I like the way they do things, I will say so. Um... But nonetheless, Befica victorious. Okay, so first place, three matches to play. Basketball also got uh, two wins uh, um, earlier this week. I believe they've closed out the series now against CAB Madeira um, in the quarterfinals, waiting on a semifinal opponent, a presumably Football Club do Porto. Yeah, a basketball team called Football Club do Porto uh, makes about as much sense as having a. Uh, a a football team called the Basketball Club do Porto, but I guess um, that's something that the founders of that great club never um, <laughs> and I say great in, in jest never thought of and speaking of that club up north I have to say this um, some of you saw on Twitter uh, I posted this and uh, it's official, I guess I've made it because Mr. Benfica has been blocked on Twitter by Francisco Marx that's right <laughs> If you heard me back earlier, um, several episodes ago, I referred to him as that idiot up north. And uh, when he tweeted out that his, his little photo of uh, Florentino supposedly fouling, fouling Gabriel Zinú in, in the area, no less, according to, to Mr. March, um, <laughs> talking about referees, you know. I politely responded about, you know, the 10 points that his team has benefited from, from ridiculous refereeing. I pointed to the Braga game. I pointed to the Marítimo game. And I included a photo that someone else had posted from the Bovista game and the foul on Nakajima in, in the penalty area when they played Portimonense at home. Oh, Jota, 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 Marques. He did not like that, and the man blocked me. So I have joined the club of people who have been blocked by Marques. And uh, it's an honor to be in that club. And for those of you that don't know, Francisco Marx is the director of communications for Football Club do Porto. And uh, a big mouth, compl- incredibly unprofessional. How he rose to that, you know, just says a lot about the club that employs him. But anyway... Uh, also, this week, uh, futsal has advanced in the playoffs, beating Elétrico. And lastly, our former coach, Rui Vitoria, won the championship in Saudi Arabia this year. Um, interestingly enough, joining in January when he left Benfica, he signed with Al Nasser, who had previously, if I'm not mistaken, been coached by another former Benfica um, staff member, Elder. Uh, Elder Christivão, and uh, he he was replaced by Rui Vitória at a time when he was several points behind um, behind Jorge Jesus' Al Hilal team, and in a story that was kind of a repeat or would have been a repeat of 2015, 16, the year that that Sporting and Jorge Jesus had a seven-point lead on Rui Vitória's Benfica in. It ended up being befica winning the title in the end. Well, this time, Jorge Jesus skipped town. And um, <laughs> he got out before it happened. But it played out again. Come come from behind a victory. Hui Vitalia, champion of Saudi Arabia. I extend congratulations to Hui Vitalia. I know he's not very popular also with, with Befiqishtish. But um, he did win us two titles. Okay, Or help win us two titles. He carried himself... In a professional manner, um, he he s- didn't stoop to the mind games and the 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 lack of respect for opponents that that some other managers in this league employ. And f- when when he was let go, it had to go. It had to be. He had to be let go. I was happy for him that he found work, and happy for him that he's won another championship. So for what it's worth, congratulations. To Rui Vitoria. So that's this week's news everybody. Uh, sit tight. On the other side. We are going to get into the Ave match. And there's a lot to talk about. Um, starting right off the bat. Okay. And I got a lot to say on this one. Um, as you can imagine. And we, we'll, we'll be on the other side of this break. Alright we'll hit it right there. Um. I got some audio for you. On the other side, we will break down the Hiwav Benfica match from last Sunday. Sit right there, and I will be right back. This is Mr. Benfica at Benfica Mister on Twitter and at Mr. Benfica on Instagram
2: diz que não é nada deixa seguir Félix Seferovic vai dar aqui, não olhou aqui para a esquerda para Rafa o passe para e, a, e ainda a largar a bola e pode ser bola, e é 2 a 0 João Félix grande falha de Leo Jardim o árbitro aconselha alguma calda à espera do visionamento do vídeo-árbitro Mas Léo Jardim a ser validado é uma grande falha do guarda-redas do Rio Ave. A primeira aqui, o lance entre Florentino e Gabrielzinho. Na minha opinião, há ali algum aproveitamento de Gabrielzinho no contacto com o Florentino. Claramente falta para grande penalidade, Aqui não há fora de jogo. Pisi. E nada. Aqui não há nenhuma infração. Não há fora de jogo. A olhar por estas imagens. Vamos esperar o que é que diz o Video Árbitro Luís Grinho. Agora, uh, pode o Video Árbitro. E depois. Habilitado y yo, ah, Felix. Felix. no, 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 no. en eh, jugada, ya no estaba en posición Pero no de All
0: right. So, what you heard there was some audio both the same play essentially um, from two different perspectives that the first was in portuguese that was from rtp's voiceover of the sport tv broadcast as you know um if you live here in the united states or abroad RTP, rtp international um did brought, they did carry the match last week against Rio um, with a voiceover of the Sport TV telecast. Um, because Sport TV is not available here in the United States, or at least um, not legally. And um, there was a Sport TV uh, voiceover. And he seems to find nothing wrong with that all-so-controversial Goal. What I expected in the second clip, which is from Goal TV... Uh, in Spanish, was to hear a contradicting point of view. However, if you listen to Omar and to uh, Alejandro there, they seem to work it out that João Félix is not offside. They seem to agree with myself, with the Portuguese commentator in the bit before, um my interpretation of that second goal, and we'll get to it when we get there, but uh, this was the turning point in the match. The antis are all up in arms about it. Um, listen, and I'm going to be clear. I have said week after week after week when we come on here, I say that in this age of VAR, if there is contact, you have to call the foul. So with that said, it looks like there may have been a foul on Florentino. However, however, that foul was a was a full step or more outside the box. Okay, you got these pundits on Portuguese TV inventing this this scenario, re-twisting rules into how that's a penalty kick. Okay, that that's not uh, again the. That director of communications up north, who decided to block me on Twitter this week, which I think is fantastic for myself, nice notch on my belt, proud of that, Uh, (laughs) likes to call that a penalty kick. Not only does he say it's a penalty kick, he says the game is 1-1. First of all, the foul is outside the box, okay? So it's not a penalty kick. Dangerous free kick, perhaps. To say that that's an automatic 1-1, that's foolish, okay? But the referee, Ugo Miguel, who I've had enough to say about this season, okay? Um, I said it, and I quote in episode 7, that he shouldn't even be refing little kids, okay? Maybe that's a little bit harsh. But you can see in the replay, he has a clear view of the play, and he makes the signal with his arms that there's no foul there, Okay? When a referee sees it, okay, there is no, from what I understand, I could be wrong, but once a referee says he sees it, he has clear sight that it's not a foul, I don't believe it goes to VAR. VAR is supposed to be when the referee has doubt. If the referee's saying, play on, I don't, you know, no foul, like Ugo like Miguel signaled, that means he's he's confident, he's got no doubt that there's no foul, okay? Other referee, would that be called by other referees? Perhaps. But it's consistent with this referee to not call it. Okay? I criticized him in episode 7, up and down. I went back, I listened to that entire episode. For I criticized him for not making the calls when they happen. He loves to let the play go on and then check the VAR. This one time, he was confident that there's no foul. He's right there. Okay. So. Now if you're not going to the. To the review. If you're not going to the video. And the. The Portuguese. uh, Announcer there. I didn't get his name. Because on RTP. They don't even introduce themselves. And they don't. Put a graphic on the screen to tell you. But. So I can't credit him. He says. He said that Gabriel Zinho. Exaggerates and and he tries to to draw the foul. It goes down. If that foul is called, I'm okay with it. Again, that's consistent to what I preach here every week. The referee deemed it's not a foul, okay? He he didn't go to, he listened to the replay official but he didn't go see it himself, okay? Which means that you know, it's a play on at that point. Listen, you're going to complain about that, right? But you have no problem with the goal that was scored against us at the Dragon. When Pep's standing offside, and we now know that ball deflected off Marega, putting Pep offside. He ducks, and the ball goes in the goal. That goal stood. And you're going to complain about this goal, okay? You fast forward, and as Seferovic is carrying the ball, Yes, Felix is in an offside position. He stops. He stops so that he is not part of the play. Felix plays peasy into the box. Okay, the, the pass is a little too weighted. But Leo Jardin, the goalkeeper for Riuav, who makes an absolute mess of it. He comes out sliding. He bobbles it. And then with his, it hits his leg and pops right out to where João Felix is standing. João Félix puts it in. João Félix is not offside anymore in that situation. I don't understand how so many people are saying he's offside. Maybe a referee can correct me, but the Portuguese language announcer said it and I specifically put that Goal TV part in there because in Omar said in he he quickly said in Spanish that he's not offside. He says es segunda jugada. It's a second play. No está fuera de jugar. No está fuera de lugar. He is not offside. Okay. Because that is a new play now. Okay. The ball had passed him. The goalkeeper played it to him. He's not offside. In my understanding. If I'm wrong, I'll admit it. Let me know. Somebody tweet me. uh, Message me. Whatever. Let me know I'm wrong. Okay, there's plenty of referees out there. Um, Let me know I'm wrong. But anyways, again, the referees get center stage in this league. But uh, that was the turning point. I think I'm making it 2-0. All right, we're going to go back to the start of the match now that we got over that, that issue there, over that instance that was played there for you with that audio. Let's pull up the foot mob and let's take a look at the lineups, and we're going to start with the home side. With Xiuav starting with Leonardo Jardim in goal. Okay, across the back, the right back is Junio. The center backs Borakovic Bar- and Semedo, and Fabio Contrão, whose uh, name I've already said too many times, is the left back. In midfield, Nuno Santos is down the right. A uh, very good game for the ex-Benfica academy product, Tarantini and former Benfica player Felipe Augusto in the middle, and said Gabriel Zinio, um the protag- one of the key characters in that uh, you know the controversial play that I just summarized. Up front, Gelson and Bruno Moreira. Okay, Jelson, uh, the Angolan player. Ooh, I, I really liked him actually. Um, I thought he was quite good in this, in this, uh, match. I thought Tarantini was, Tarantini, excuse me, was quite good, as was, as was Nusanch. Um, Chihuahua played well, okay? have played well. We can't just automatically chalk this up as a bad game for Befica. They played a good team, playing at home. And we know from what they did against Porto a few weeks ago that this team never gives up. And, uh... Made this a nervous one. Um Befica's lineup now, okay? Befica unchanged starting with Odi and Goal. The backs are Andre Almeida on the right, Ferru and Ruben Diaz uh, are the center back pairing with Alex Grimaldo playing down the left. In mid the four man midfield in the 442 is Rafa on the left, Florentino in the six. Samarij is a, a 6-8 hybrid and Easy playing on the right up front. The normal strike tandem of Joao Felix and the league's top scorer, Harris Seferovic. And we'll get right into the match here because it got started right off the bat. Um, I said last week we needed to see a game where Benfica scored early again and in this one, that is exactly what happened. It was in the Third minute, we got a goal from Rafa. Let's break down the play, all right? And it would be it would be Rafa on a cross from Andre Almeida, okay? Andre Almeida crosses it from the right. And Jun uh makes a real mess of this play. Really, Chihuahua offered Befica two goals in these first two. Goals. He uh, can't clear the ball. He actually plays it towards his own net, right at Rafa, who otherwise would have been in an offside position. However, that ball's played to him directly from the the right back, and it, Rafa gets enough on it to redirect it into the empty goal. And within three minutes, BeFica have the lead, one nothing. the The stadium erupts. The nine thousand in or so in attendance, the majority of which are BeFica fans go crazy, red smoke starts to fill the field, um, And you hear, if you watched on RTP like I did, um, you you heard him kind of condemn the Benfica fans for the smoke. And the club has asked the team, the fans, to stop using this stuff. But it's like talking to walls. But it adds to the great atmosphere of Benfica games, especially on the road this year. And, I mean, their arrival and the way they were received and the whole trip from Gaia to Vilo do Cond. I mean... Iker Casillas said earlier this year that the north was Porto's. Iker, you know, I hope you're feeling better. But, bro, <laughs> the north is Benfica's. okay? Porto have their fans in their, in their concentrated area, but the north belongs to Benfica. Week after week, when we go up there, you see it, okay? The support is phenomenal. It keeps getting better and better. And this was just another fantastic sign of... of of support from the Benficiches in the north, specifically in Vila do Conde, at the Stadio dos um, minutes, A few minutes later, Felix crosses for Seferovic, who tries to head it back across goal, but, but the ball floats without any danger to Leonardo Jardim. Um, you got... You got heavy wind, according to the the announcer. He claims at this point that the wind is a factor. In the eighth minute, the commentator also explains that Rio coach Daniel Hamush, um he explains his past successes against Benfica, managing both Marítimo and earlier this season with Shavs. and uh from what I understand from listening to uh, Benfica F.M. Uh, Luis Freitas Lobo on um, Sport TV was was all pushing this 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 um narrative that that Ramos has not never lost to Benfica, really trying to you know push home that there could be a result in this one that would uh, would tie the the league series back up of course Porto with an easy win before this game kicked off uh a win in Madeira over Nacional relegating um Costinha's team to the second division for next season and um an easy like i said an easy 4-0 victory but Benfica gets an early goal, which helps. And early on, Benfica are by far the better team. In the 11th minute, there's a hard foul by Tarantini on Rafa. Hugo M- Miguel begins a poor performance um, of not being uh, not being able to control much of the match, and is regularly very late making a call. We've said this about him before. He uh, is very late with calls. He likes to let the play go on in case he makes a mistake. There's a real lack of confidence in this referee. And um, obviously, that's with good reason why referees would lack confidence in Portugal. Um, it may be some of the worst. <laughs> it may be the worst environment for referees in Europe. I mean, at least in Western Europe and Southern Europe. Because it's a. I mean, the ridicule is just. I don't think a referee can be sure about anything in this league. But um, in the fourteenth you get a nice build up from Befica, okay? Um, and it comes off a set piece and Peasy finds finds Rafa alone on the flank and he finds Peasy with a pass along the ground, but Peasy misses wide. Peasy takes a nice shot and misses wide. In the fifteenth minute, okay, it's the fifteenth minute mark, and it's all Benfica. I wrote down Rio were yet to produce any, any play of 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 any impose any kind of threat to Odi's goal at that point. Um, here on foot mob, there is very little going on in terms of Rio Ave. Um, in the nineteenth, there is a shot missed by Tarantini uh, the twentieth Chihuahua is starting to show a little bit more dangerous on their counters. Okay, they're using both flanks, and this they were good at this. I thought they played really well on this, using Gabriel Zinú and Nuno Santos across their flanks with some speed to really pose some some dangerous counterplay. play. Um, and the the shot here that Tarantini missed that I just commented on. Nuno Santos finds Tarantini, who slices it high and over the bar. Tarantini could have done a much better with that. And uh, this is a player, like I said, that I've liked. Tarantini, I remember him back to the Rio Ave teams that were coached by Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, the, the, that Rio Ave team that we met in the final of both the, the uh, Taça da Liga and the Taça de Portugal. Um, Tarantini, really a solid midfielder. Um, never really got his chance on a big team, but. In that next level of players, he's really, you know, he's really at a high level for that next tier of players. 22nd minute, Jel beats Florentino and forces Samadish to foul him, uh, giving the home side a free kick in a dangerous situation. Nuno Santos takes a nice left footed free kick off of that play, forces a great save from Odie. And Odie, I have to talk about here for a minute. Um Lakudim, our goalkeeper, after that debacle um against spoin Saad at home he really he had a couple games of struggle and he was giving up some some shoddy goals and he was you know looking very unconfident the last three games or so he's been much stronger, and he's really refining his form um I know there were rumors this week. This week about uh, Silly Son of of Barcelona, or Kylie Son, the backup goalkeeper. It's Kylie Son, I think is how you believe it is how you pronounce it. The backup keeper at Barcelona. And again, I like I said, uh, rumors are just to sell papers. We'll talk when things are official. But rumored to be headed to be to Fica. Perhaps it it lit a little fire under under uh Odie and he had a real good game I thought. Uh foot, foot Mob didn't agree as much as as I as I thought. I thought he made some huge saves keeping this result. Uh twenty fifth minute uh, you have Fehu making a saving slide tackle where he slides and he knocks the ball twenty five yards or so back to Odie to present uh to prevent Nunu Sanch from walking in. In the 26th, Pizzi would win a free kick down the right wing. Um, nothing would really come of that. Philippe Agus would be fouled a minute later by Seferovic. Um, 28th minute is when Pizzi gets a nice left-footed shot that is saved in the bottom left corner. He received a headed pass from Seferovic. Uh, very nice play on this one. I wrote down some notes on this play. I said this was... This was a fantastic build-up in combination play. PZ picking the ball up in the middle third nicely and gets a really nice one-two with Rafa. Rafa gives the ball back to him with a a little bit of a heel flick. Um, PZ then knocks it wide to Almeida who crosses it. Seferovic heads it back to PZ off the cross who takes the ball down. ball's coming across his body. He takes it down on his preferred right foot, fakes the shot, puts it on his left foot, Fires it left-footed uh, into the bottom corner, but a good save made by Jardine on that play. On the 31st minute, Fabio thrown crosses for Gabriel Zinu, but Gabriel Zinu is offside, um, and the whistle blows. It goes wide anyway. In the 34th minute, Tarantini wins a free kick in his defensive half, Um Bafika starting to lose some of the control of the match at this point. Still one nil. Um, Fabio Contron goes down in the thirty seventh minute with a with a slight knock. He uh, gets up a minute later. Uh, gelson Dalla has a left footed shot from outside the box saved by Odi in the fortieth minute. Uh, he shot. It was saved in the center of the goal. He received a nice pass from Felipe Augusto um, in the fortieth. Rafa would win a free kick in the defensive half. He would be fouled by June you would see the first yellow card of the match at this point. Um, Andreas Samaris would win a free kick again, also in the 41st down the left wing. Uh, but the but on the set piece, the restart and offside is called. Now we get to the now we get to the controversial part of the half here. Um, starting in the forty-fifth fouled by Ruben F- Diaz sees a yellow card. Um, his tenth of the season. He's not out next this this weekend, guys. He had already. He had just come off a of suspension. It's not at the fifth and at the tenth. It's every five. Um, but that also affects other cards. And I believe because he's seen red cards that that also um, affects that total but um, he he is not missing the game tomorrow due to that tenth yellow card okay and then in the 45th plus one we get to the play that we just uh, talked about at the top of the of the segment um, it all starts with with peasy getting a blast a right-footed blast that was saved by uh, it was saved by Jardin he, he Ripped a right-footed shot from outside the box. Saved in the top center of the goal. Seferovic had set him up. And Jelsin Dala then won a free kick. The free kick is... You know, that's where the yellow card is awarded to Ruben Dias. But the the ball gets played up. And eventually, you get... You get Gabriel Zinho breaking free. And with Florentino chasing him... He kind of commits himself to the play. And it looks like if he's going to foul him, he's trying to get him outside the box. He's trying to get him before he gets to the box. Like we said, the referee deemed that there was no foul there. But if he could come out playing and uh, put together the counterattack. That ends with Felix scoring the goal left-footed from the center of the box. Again, it was a a very bad mistake from the goalkeeper and kind of a gift goal. Liuav protests to goal there. They're surrounding Ugo Miguel. Again, these other teams all seem to be able to do this. Uh, however, Fabio Contran would see a yellow card. This is an important factor because we're going to get back to him later in the match. Tarantini, the captain, also shown a yellow card for descent. Referee uh, Ugo Miguel blows for halftime. And normally, I was feeling good here because Benfica coming out of halftime is typically very good. Okay, they are always very good under Laj coming out of halftime. However, in uh, in this one, it was the reverse. It was it was Riuav coming out ready to play, and uh, Tarantini scores a left-footed shot from the center of the box to the bottom right corner. He was kept on side by by Ferru, who's... Playing slightly um, behind Ruben Diaz. Didn't pull up even and left on onside. Terentini walks in and scores a left-footed shot, beating Odi. It's 2-1 Befica now. And um, nerves are starting to set in, no doubt. Um, as we know what this team, this Chihuahua team, is capable of. But then in the 55th, just a few minutes later, six minutes later, PZ scores a right-footed shot from the center of the box. To the bottom right corner, he's assisted by Grimaldo. And a sigh of relief goes up as Befikishtes can now sense it. All right, we're 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 under, you know, we're 30 minutes away essentially from taking the two-point lead to the final game of the season at our home stadium. Double substitution for Chihuahua in the 58th. Uh, Nicola Jambor enters the match replacing the captain Tarantini and Wenderson Galeno comes on and replaces Gabriel Zinu in the 60th another attempt is saved as Andre Almeida gets a great chance to put the game on ice to really finish it off he gets a ball from from Grimaldo but uh, it's saved uh, by Leo Jardin okay Uh, the 60s. 62nd minute, Jelson Dala has a header from the center of the box that's saved in the top center of the goal, assisted, or he, sh- I should say he receives the, the pass on a cross from Junyu. Um, we'll fast forward as this game, not too much goes on here. Ruben Semidlu, the center back for for Hiuav misses an attempt in the center of the box, just a bit too high in the 68th. 73rd, Seferovic has a right-footed shot, blocked, Uh, From the center of the box, he had received the pass from Rafa. 73rd, Benfica with a corner. Samarij winning a free kick, playing for, uh, trying to get that ball into a dangerous area. But again, Benfica gets nothing out of this. and um, It's 3-1, and they seem to start to have, at this point, they're having a hard time with this match. Benfica, the nerves are still there. There's a lot of nerves in this team, and you see it week after week as these games end. There's just such an emotional reaction to the final whistle from some of these Benfica games. Um, if you saw the interview from from Samadish earlier this week on BTV, you you heard him use the word alleviate as well. This is a word we keep hearing, and this is you know to alleviate. It's a, a relief, and. Um, these Benfica players, you can see that I think more than physically, they look emotionally and uh, mentally exhausted at this point from from the this this road they've been on the last five months. In the 78th, Menapisi shown a yellow card for a bad foul. Um, Bruno Moura is subbed off for Ronan. Okay, Ronan comes on in the 78th. He's a, a guy that's important. Um, And you have somewhere in this in this area is where you have the whole um, in this part of the match is where you have the whole Fabio Quintano, Andreas Samaris uh, confrontation, and I talked about it in the opening segment, so I really don't have to talk about it again. Um, essentially, uh, Pizzi's on the ground; he, he thinks he deserves a foul. Seferovic is standing over him physics extends his hand Seferovic pulls his hand back points to the eagle did i say safarovich my apologies samadish <laughs> my guy samadish uh, the guy i've been i've been pushing for to be resigned he pulls his hand back points to the the eagle on his the on his crest and uh yeah fabio controne gets a little offended by this and pants him he pulls he pulls samadish's pants down he pulls down his shorts the referee does absolutely nothing about it. If this referee was such a Benfica, okay, Benfica should have been playing against ten for the last the last fifteen twenty minutes. Okay, that didn't happen, um, and re- as a result, eighty-third minute, Chihuaf get their goal. It is Jonan, the man who just came on, in a play where uh, Benfica really started to fall asleep as. Um, too much space was given to the player by Andre Almeida but he was also caught in a no man's land because Ferru was out of position and and uh, Andre Almeida didn't know whether to stay central or to come out and and close down the man on the ball by the time he made his decision Hernan put the put a shot in he put a I'm sorry Wenderson put a cross in that Hanan got on the end of headed it home and it put Benfica under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure in the final minutes here. Um, in the 89th, Bruno Leijs would go to the bench. He would bring on Cervi for Rafa Silva. A uh, very simple reason why. Cervi has good defensive qualities. So he's going to basically play with two left backs here. Um shown a yellow card in the 90th for time-wasting uh jonas would come on in the 90th plus 2 to uh kill a few moments and to to exchange a few instructions i think to his teammates um sometimes these substitutions late in the game serve that purpose as well it's th- the players essentially going on the pitch to deliver an instruction um because with you know with a matter of a minute or two left it um it does kill some time but it probably added on a few seconds as well. But in the end um the match would end Benfica will hold on there'll be an eruption at the Stadio dos Arcos and Benfica 3-2 winners and back atop the table. So now let's go to the lo- let's go first to the stats here. All right, just hang tight as I pull them up. We got our stats in possession. Benfica slightly with a possession uh, advantage 51% to Xiuwav's 49. Total shots 13 for Benfica, 12 for Xiuwav. Accurate passes 380 for Benfica, 374 for Xiuwav. Each team with very with similar percentages. Benfica 83% effective or pass success rate, 84% for Xiuwav. 10 fouls for Chihuahua, 15 for Befica, 5 corners for Chihuahua, 2 for Befica. Each team was offside. Actually, Befica was offside once and Chihuahua five times. Each team had six shots on goal. Clearly, the stats say this was a close game, and uh, I agree. It was a close game. Uh, closer than any of us would like, obviously. But the most important thing is that when the final whistle blew, Benfica had earned the three points. Let's go to the ra- player ratings for this one. Okay. And the man of the match was actually a Chihuahua player, according to Footmob. It was given to Nusanch. Most of the media that I follow has Samadi as the man of the match. Footmob here has him at a 7.3. Florentino at a 7.6. Uh, Rafa with an 8.0. Pizzi with an 8.0. Those are the top performers for Bayfica. Joron Felix at a 7.7. And, um, 7.4 for Grimaldo. But, um... Let's hit the standings now as we go in. One match to play. Some teams have played their final match already. Um, Braga, for example, finished today. Boulinets also were victorious uh, yesterday against Nacional today. Braga beat... uh, Who did they play today? Braga were victorious today. I don't remember who they played. I don't think it really matters. Um, There was a goal for Diego Souza, possibly you know, a Benfica striker next year, Diego Souza. Um, if you want to hear about that go to go to Curta Vermelha. Alright, and uh, that's the name of the website. The podcast is called Cassette Vermelho. And um listen they they if you understand Portuguese they break down their thoughts on Diego Souza and the transfer uh, price tag and why it may not be as high as it sounds. Okay. Uh, Befica are top of the table with 84 points. Porto second with 82. Sporting third with 74. While Braga finish out the season, they will they will stay in fourth. Obviously, 67 points is their final tally this year. Morientes fifth, but not going to Europe due to uh, to registration problems. Again, I think that's inexcusable. I think that should even that should be a fine by the Portuguese Federation or or to the Portuguese Federation. A team qualifies and doesn't register. There should be points docked. I mean, it really should be discouraged. Uh Vitale Guimarães on their way to the Europa League instead in sixth with 49 points. Bulnes SAD seventh with 43 points. A good perform a good total for them this year. Um, Santa Clara our next opponent sit in eighth on 42 points. Same as our last opponent, Riuav, 9th with 42 points. Boavista has 41. Portimon is 39. Maritimu, uh, coached by Petit, obviously. They got 12. They're sa- uh, sorry, They're in 12th. They got 39 points. They are safe. Vittorio Stubal guaranteed safety last week, drawing with Shavsh. Uh They got 36. Avsh also on 36. And now we are in the drop zone. Tondela back out of the drop zone. Huge tie, to huge draw last week away at Sporting, one to one. They now sit in fifteenth, level on points with Chaves. Um, the winner of this game on Sunday will will uh, stay in the Portuguese league. It's that simple. Chaves also on thirty two, in sixteenth. Nacional, as we as I said earlier, now relegated, seventeenth on twenty eight points, and the long relegated now FedEx seventeen points in eighteenth place. Let's take a look at the leaders in the race for the golden boot or the silver ball, how whatever you want to call it. Let's pull this up and see what we got. So we have our very own Seferovich, twenty-one goals. He's top of the he's top of the league but only one goal ahead of Bruno Fernandes, who had another one last week. Again, from the penalty spot. Um, leaving be, leaving just a one-goal lead, like I said. And four back from Bruno Fernandes is now Rafa, our our uh, wing player. He's got 16. Diego Souza, a, a possible transfer target for us, is next. He's fourth with 15. Tied with Tiquinho Swarish with 15. And Baz Dost. All with 15. João Félix has 14. He's next. PZ with 13 is is right behind him. Tonelas Tomaneo, and Braga's Wilson, Eduardo, with 12. Top assists. PZ, the the assist king, 18s right now. Bruno Fernandes, 5 behind him with 13. Grimaldo and, and Andreal made 11 each. How's that for our two outside backs? Uh, Tecatito Corona with 9 is next, Alex Telles with 7, Chiquinho with 7, João Felix with 7, Marcos Acunio with 7, and Otavio of Porto with 7. And that wraps up Rio Ave. Um, Well-coached team, a team that's had a good second half of the season. But Befica got the job done, and now, like I said, it's on to Santa Clara tomorrow. It's on to a home game, and hopefully on to the Marquez all right, we're gonna take a break. I'm gonna play for you um, some some sound from Bruno pre pregame presser today, the uh, Antvizo, um, and stay right there. Listen, listen to this for a second. Find us on Twitter, of course. That's at Benfica Mister on Twitter at Mister on Instagram and Mister on Facebook. All right. Um, go ahead and check out our social media platforms, and also um, check out some of the other Benfica material out there. Again, I got to give a shout out to the all the other shows out there: Benfica Podcast, Azagjes, Benfica After Ninety, Kurt, uh, Cassette Vermelha, Benfica FM. Um, they're all out there. If you like the the banter check out 3Tugas Podcast, or if you speak Portuguese, check out Grands Adeptos. It's a podcast from Antenna Um. It's the typical Portuguese-style discussion. One fan from each of the big three, and they bicker and fight with each other for the entire show. Um, it's mildly entertaining. I, I like Grãs Adeptos. Uh, check it out. Um, so, sit right tight. We'll be back on the other side of this vi- of this of uh, this clip, and we will talk about Santa
2: Clara. Partimos para, para a última jornada deste campeonato nacional. O Benfica está num no ponto de sagrar campeão nacional. Pergunto-lhe como é que têm sentido as demonstrações de apoio dos adeptos, em particular ao longo desta semana, e depois peço-lhe uma análise a este Santa Clara. Que adversário que espera encontrar amanhã no Estádio da Luz?
1: Uh, boa tarde. Nós formos encontrar. Um adversário muito muito competente, um adversário que fez um campeonato muito bom, com uma manutenção histórica acima dos 40 pontos e com exibições e registros muito interessantes com com Porto, com Sporting e e, e, e também com Braga. Por isso, um adversário que gosta de jogar... em bloco médio, que sabe fechar muito bem uh, os caminhos da, da sua banhisa, e mas também quando tiver oportunidade e quando, e quando tiver bom sabe, sabe o que é que tem que fazer. Gosta de ser curto, um, gosta de jogar para atrair, para criar espaços mais à frente e para criar oportunidades de, de, de perigo, por isso uh, perspectivamos um, um jogo difícil como aqueles todos que temos tido um, até então. E, E como tal, temos de estar no nosso melhor para, para vencer, para vencer esta, esta, esta última final. Sobre os, sobre os outros aspectos, nós eh, temos passado tanto tempo aqui, principalmente nós, a, a, a preparar o jogo, temos passado uh, muita coisa ao lado. Tem sido assim desde o desde início, muita, muita hora de trabalho para nos focarmos naquilo que é, que é essencial e aquilo que controlamos. E aquilo que controlamos neste momento, Da, da para, para vencer, para vencer uh,
0: Alright, and there you have it. There you have the manager, the gaffer, the mister, Bruno Lage, uh, previewing the final game of the season. For the final time this season, talking about the upcoming opponent. Uh, this time it is Santa Clara, the pride of the Azores. Uh, making the trip to Lisbon uh, to play Benfica. And as uh, Porto fans have already complained, um, they can't trust a team with the same logo as Benfica, the same crest. Well, you know, uh, Porto fans, um, your team wouldn't be in this situation if you'd just not blown a 7-point lead. So uh, you got nobody to blame but yourselves. The last time these two teams met, Benfica were victorious 2-0 uh, January 11th in ponta Delgada, you'll remember that was Bruno Elijah's second match in charge. I'm going to go over the lineups in that match real quickly. Okay, so in that game, you had Santa Clara starting with Serginho in goal. The four across the back in there, four four two was Patrick on the right, Cesar, um, Fabio Cordozo who was sent off, uh, was also was a center defender along with Cesar, Mamadou Kande was the left back in the midfield. The veteran Ukra was on the right side of midfield with Anderson Carvalho and Pedro Pacheco playing center mids. With the left side being handled by Bruno Lamas, Up front was the twin strikers Zemanel and Alfredo Stevens. Benfica started this way. They played in a 4-1-3-2. Uh, with Odie in goal, Andrea Almeida as the right back, Ruben Dias and Jardel as the center-back pairing. Um, Alex Grimaldo was the left. Fasia playing in the hole as a true number six. And in front of Fasia was uh, a three-man midfield with Pizzi on the right, Gabriel in the center, and Zivkovic on the left and up front, row Felix and Seferovic. A little bit different model for Benfica in that game. Um, if I remember correctly, they ended up kind of shifting back to a four-four-two. The substitutes used in that game, just to tell you, uh, here's, here's, the, um, the substitutes that came in. Salviu came in in the 70th. Um, Nicolas Castillo came in in the 85th. I believe this was his final appearance with Magnifica. Or Perhaps he might have, he, he appeared maybe one more time, um, against, he did play against, uh, Vittorio Guimaraes, I now remember, um. But that was how the teams lined up. Much different team. Um, Zivkovic, that was, that was his last start, I believe. Um, he played 70 minutes, and his fitness did not seem to be there. And from that day forward, we have seen Rafa back in the team. I don't remember if Rafa was suspended or if he was injured. He, he was injured at this time. That's right, because Filip Kravinovic is on the bench, as was Jetson. Um, Samadij on the bench as well in this game had yet to, to step in. Um, Fajia was starting in that position at that time. Uh, so a different look for Befica. Um, Santa Clara and Bruno Laj hit on it, having their best season in their club's history. Uh, 42 points here in the first division. They're in the top half of the table. Uh, guaranteed to finish at least in the top half, at least in the top ten. Um. And they can still finish as high as, as seventh if they get if they get a point here. Uh, but real important, Benfica needs to be that killer Benfica. Okay, they need to get a goal early again. Uh, they're playing at home. It's going to be a loud. It's going to be a passionate crowd. You don't want it to become a nervous crowd. It's become a nervous crowd at home the last couple home games. Benfica need to hit the ground running. They need to come out of the blocks flying. All right, we got to get a goal early. Just make that stadium erupt. Uh, get the people behind you. Let Santa Clara know early that this is not going to be their day. Okay, they're there. They're going to be there to witness um, a championship clinch. They're not there to spoil anything. That's what Benfica need to go in. They need to impose their will on the team. Okay. I expect to see the same exact lineup we saw last week. Okay. I don't expect any changes at this point. That is Benfica's team. That is who we are going with. Um hoping for the next goal will be goal number one hundred. I'm hoping it I can't decide who I want to get it, you know. Uh Joan Felix would be nice. It would be a nice little touch for him. Um, but Rafa's had such a great season, and so has Seferovic. Uh, Samadish has been brilliant in the second half of the season. Anybody could score this goal. Um, we'll see what happens, All Uh, now we don't necessarily have to score a goal because a nil-nil draw, and we are champions, but nobody wants to suffer through 90 minutes of nil-nil. Um, I don't know that my heart can take it. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but, uh pretty wiped out from Benfica games this year and from the stress and I want to see an easy one. I want to see us win it and I want to just sit back and enjoy the fact that we are will be champions. We have to finish this this out strong. Let's cross that finish line in first and then let's celebrate because this will be one heck of an achievement. I've looked back, okay? And I can't go back far enough. To come across a manager that has won a championship in his very first season as a head coach, as a manager, um, I know coaches have won championships in their first season at a club, but you know Sergio Conceição took several years of as a, as a coach. He had to start low in 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 uh, and in Académica, working his way through Braga and Vitória Guimarães. Nantes in France before he got to Porto and he won the title last year. Georges Dezouge coached for 20 years before he won a championship. Um, uh, even André Villers-Boas had coached at Académica before going to Porto. I thought he had been the last one to do it, but I looked back and he actually had some experience. Um, José Mourinho did not win in his first year. He actually started with Benfica and was sacked after two months because we had a terrible president at that time. <laughs> or, who knows, this, this run could have been 20 years earlier, or 10, 15 years earlier. Um, but he didn't win it in his first year as a manager. I can't go back far enough. I can't think of a coach, at least in Portugal, that has, in his first year as a manager, first year, been champion. Bruno Lage didn't even have a whole season. He has a chance tomorrow to be champion in his first season as manager. He started the season as the B team coach. Let that sink in for a minute. He started the season as the B team coach. There is no way back in July in August when the teams were getting together to start the season that Bruno Lage could have imagined all these months later on the on the eve of the end of the season that he would be Preparing himself to go out to the Stadio de Luge to play for the Portuguese Championship of the First Division, the Liga Nage, to bring the 37 to Benfica. Um, like I said, I have full confidence in this team. It's time to just close it out and to let the party start. Um, we will be back next week, obviously, hopefully with two podcasts, one for the women, one for the men. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'll make it happen. I'll find the time. Um, they may both have to be on the weekend, but I will make it happen next week, okay? Um, I, I added, I'm going to add an extra video here for you guys, an extra, well, you're going to get the audio, you're not going to get the video, but the great Benfica, that is Guillermo Cabral, the filmmaker, the video maker on YouTube that makes those viral, you know, motivation videos for Benfica, we're going to play his, his, uh. His latest one, Vini, Vidi Vici, okay, Falta Uma Final is what it's called as well in parentheses, okay. This is this is about a five-minute audio. If you don't understand Portuguese, that's cool. Fast forward about five minutes, and you'll get you'll get set uh, right after. But for me, this is it. I'm signing off on episode 16 right now. Um, I'm taking you home with. Veni Vidi Vici, and then Damu 37 Cachega Benfica. Remember, follow the show on Twitter, at Benfica Mr., on Instagram, at Mr. Benfica, and as always on Facebook, Mr. Benfica. Just put it in your search and it will come up. All right. So sit back and enjoy. Here is Guilherme Cabral. Si hay una cosa que voy aprendiendo en Benfica, es que en este club no hay imposible.
2: O Benfica perdeu 2-0 com o Portimonense e fica agora a 7 pontos da liderança. No final da partida era visível a tristeza no rosto dos adeptos e, claro, daí. Here is the shoulders, sermos decisivos. É hora de fazer cada casa a nossa casa. O vila do quando assim se vestirá? De vermelho e branco e nunca mais vamos ficar fora até ao fim. É hora de deixar os assumidos em casa, mesmo que algumas coisas não sejam bem. Vestir o um mando sagrado e torcer pela vitória até o último minuto até ao último segundo. Vamos, vamos juntos. Enche o peito, ergue a cabeça, pegue no cachorro e veste o um manto sagrado. Grita ese amor que traz por dentro y segue. Segue contigo. Joga y vence con ellos. Póstoles que tú acreditas. Que tú también te Porque ser do Benfica. sendo do Benfica ter uma cena infinita de vencer. É agora, o. ¡Vamos!
0: Bueno, gente. Están próximos a jugar las tres finales que cualquier jugador quiere jugar es para salir campeón solamente le puedo decir de que de que sigan haciendo el trabajo que vienen haciendo de que cada uno tiene que hacer su trabajo y dar su mejor en cada partido que queda si cada uno de ustedes hace su trabajo y dan su mejor no tengo ninguna duda de que vamos a volver al Marqués un
2: grande abrazo para todos y estamos juntos abrazo rapaciada.